Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement, as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. Welcome back to the Power Hour, the Heritage Foundation Center for Energy, Climate, and Environments podcast. I'm your host, Jack Spencer. I am joined today by my colleague and acting Power Hour producer, Sean Skinner. Now, Sean, I don't know if, if, if that is a title that only I bestowed upon you, but I have bestowed upon you acting producer. Nevertheless, it is quite an honor, Jack. And I just want to know, how are you doing today? I'm doing outstanding. Thank you for asking. How Great. are you? I'm well. It's been a busy day, but we're making it through. And, you know, now my day has been made so much better by the fact that I am on this great podcast. Very good. You did a great job last week, by the way. I know that, uh, that John will be back soon, and it, but until he does, you're certainly welcome here. And once he is back, I hope that you will stop in and say hello every once in a while. Oh, yes. In fact, I might even conjure up some sort of scheme to get him out of the control room when you guys are recording just so that I can come back in for a full 10 minutes. Very good. We'll do that. Now, we always like to we have some housekeeping we like to do. We like to let folks know what our email address is. That is thepowerhour at heritage.org. That's thepowerhour at heritage.org. Shoot me an email, everyone. I love hearing from you, and I always respond. I promise you I'll respond. That email address, again, is thepowerhour at heritage.org. And you can just say hi. You can tell me how you think we're doing. You can give us subjects that you'd like to hear us address or people you want us to reach out to. Whatever it is, let me know. Thepowerhour at heritage.org. Now, Sean, do you remember your one failure last week was not knowing how people can reach us? Oh, no. Do you remember how people can reach us? They can reach you anywhere and everywhere. (laughs) Failure number two, strike two on Sean. I will uh, remind Sean, and you all can hear me remind him and, and get that information that way. Sean, you can find us on uh, Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. You just can type in the Power Hour Heritage Foundation, or it's we're on the Herd at Heritage feed. You can even Google Jack Spencer, the Heritage Foundation Power Hour, and it will come up. We have both a landing page, but you can get them on your on wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe so you don't even have to worry about that. It just pops up in your feed every time we put a new a new episode out. So you got that this time. I do. I have to say this correction has been quite the public humiliation. I don't think I'll ever recover from this, Jack. How Good. could you do this to me? We're gonna now that we're over that, we're gonna do something hopefully that you that is fun for you, Sean. Now let's play a game. Do you like games? I guess I do, but I'm talking to Jack Spencer right now, so I don't know how fun this game is going to be. Of course you like games. Everyone likes games. (laughs) This is a fun game. Now, I have to ask you first, are you clairvoyant or telepathic? Do you have any sort of sixth sense or anything like that? Unfortunately, I don't, Jack, but I wish I did. (laughs) They would be helpful for this game because this is a guessing game. Oh, no. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of hints, and you need to guess the animal. Now, are you ready? Not really, but let's do it. I need to tell you, don't guess... Until you get all the hints, okay? Okay. Okay. I got to take my headphones off for this first hint, okay? Oh, my. I'm going to show you how this animal walks. It's that serious. You ready? 
Sean, how did I just walk? I just want to say it's a good thing that the audience can't see that. It's a good thing this is an audio medium. But right. I want to say that I can't make the guess yet. You have to give me all the hints. But, but, but would you say that was a waddle? That was a bit of a waddle, okay. yes. Okay. Now I'm going to make a noise. Now okay. don't guess yet. I'm going to make a noise. All right. I will restrain myself. Quack. <laughs> you got it? Yes. You Are know there that any noise? more hints or is that Yeah, it? no, there's one more hint. Oh, wow. I'm surprised. Now I'm going to show you a picture. Mm -hmm. This is the last hint. <laughs> All right, everyone. I'm, I'm going to show Sean a picture here that's going to be his last hint. So we have a waddle, we have quack, and we have this picture. Did you get that, Sean? I think I did, Jack. Right. Some would say that's more than a hint, but that's okay. all right. What is the animal? It would be a duck, Jack. A duck. See, what you're saying is if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it looks like a duck, it's a duck. Is that what you're telling me? Perhaps that's what I'm saying, Jack. I don't know. I might plead the fifth. Who knows? <laughs> it's a duck. Now, here's the question. Does the same thing hold true for a tax? Like, if it looks like a tax and it operates like a tax and it's the government taking money from you, is it a tax? I'll go ahead and say yes. Yes, it's a tax. Now, here's why I'm asking this question. It turns out there's this bipartisan push, sort of bipartisan. There are people from both parties pushing it, although one party is far more uh, forward in pushing it mm. on Capitol Hill. That wants to start taxing imported items that American families and businesses want to purchase under the auspices of a carbon import tariff. So today, we're going to break down exactly what is a carbon import tariff and whether or not it's a tax on the American people. Now, unfortunately, Sean, I'm not smart enough to do that on my own. And frankly, heck, we just met a week ago. And while you seem like a bright enough kid, oh, you flatter. I can't. I cannot put the success of this show into your hands right now. <laughs> I, I hope you understand that. I guess I do. I guess okay. I do. All right. Now, fortunately, I know people, and all of our loyal listeners actually also know this person because the person is a repeat offender. He's been on this program before. I'm thrilled to welcome back to the Power Hour. President of MWR Strategies, contributing editor at the Washington Times, and I would argue most importantly, visiting fellow in the executive vice president's office at the Heritage Foundation, the one, the only, Mike McKenna. Mike, welcome back to the Power Hour. I thought it was a penguin, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's still a... Just so you know. What kind of penguin is Quack Man? No, I gotta throw my I gotta throw my cards in with the producer. It probably better nobody saw that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing all I've had to eat today is a couple of apples and some candy. Yikes! Maybe some sour milk. You too. have to commit to the bit. If you're not willing to commit to the bit, then don't even try. <laughs> don't even start. You know that's on my business cards that I spit the bit. So. <laughs> Now, I should. Uh, I probably sold you a little bit short, Mike, assuming that everyone re might have remembered what we talked that your last uh, your last time here. So let me give just a little bit more. I should mention uh -oh. that Mike has worked in senior positions in government agencies oh, boy. at the state and federal levels, including the Department of Energy and Department of Transportation. True. And the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality, where True. Um, you had impact. Yeah. I like to think we made trouble when we were there. <laughs> was that your position, actual uh, official troublemaker? I was actually the deputy director, but we just made trouble. I was basically, <laughs> that was my assignment from Governor Allen, and by God, that's what we did. <laughs> Very good. He's also advised on a wide variety of political and corporate clients with respect to government affairs and public policy, 
issues, opinion research, and communication God, strategies. Who wrote this thing? God Almighty! I did. This is this sounds like my bio. It's the most I, boring thing in the history of the English language. I just want people to know who we're dealing with here. I'm a provocateur. We work together on the transition effort, which you have also done many times. I don't know about working together, but we, sure. We, we, I we, worked, you existed. We occupied the same <laughs> rough space at the same time, sure. Transitions? Yeah, man. I, yikes. Big transition guy. The good news is the one that's ongoing is basically the same as they all are. We're, we're, at, the, we're at the stabbing each other in the back phase of the festivities. <laughs> they always get there. Always get there. They, I think they begin there. <laughs> You want, you got time for you got time for a story about this? No, no. Look, okay, we'll keep um, going. Everyone has their reasons for doing everything they do, and I'll just leave it at that. No, I don't know about some people are principled, and yeah. some people have things they want to. Let me tell you a secret. They want jobs. At I was going to say, let me tell you a secret about the world. People are terrible. Yes, <laughs> most of them, not the ones right here, right now. One of us isn't. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> All right, I. Uh, now, we came in here to talk about something. I thought, I almost thought I was reading The Onion this morning when I read this particular headline in Politico. Politico does sometimes confuse me for The Onion. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't say that. Good people over there, Politico. Quote, this is the headline. Senate Republicans introduce a climate bill yeah. aimed at China. Now, Mike, my, my question for you, what in God's green earth is going on here with this thing? Yeah, I mean it's pretty it's pretty clear it's a um it's a gateway drug to a domestic carbon tax, right? Yeah. It, I I think that's the thing that I'm most it's among the things I'm most worried about. Well, I, I mean <laughs> the thing is is that is that the folks in favor of it have made no secret of it, right? They're they're you know, they pitched the beginning of it by saying, hey, Senator Cassidy came out and said, hey, I'm in favor of, you know, I, I led the charge on a domestic a resolution against a domestic carbon tax. You only say that if you're about to do something that's a little sketch, right? Yeah, I got so excited about the conversation. I didn't, we should have, uh, I should have started with you. Like, what is it, what is the thing we're talking about here? That uh, 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 a so-called carbon we're talking, tariff. Yeah, we're talking about a carbon. We're, we're talking about a tariff. A, a tariff. The the uh, content of which is based on how much carbon you've emitted in constructing whatever it is you're selling into the country. Um, and Senator Cassidy, Senator, it's his bill. Senator Cassidy's and is, Graham. It, Senator Graham's on it, right? And, and it it. Um, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead two spaces, but I'll jump ahead two spaces. The the um. There was a group of six senators who were working on a um, a study, a DOE study, still are, I suppose, um, that would have um, required the Department of Energy to come up with carbon intensity estimates for all kinds of manufactured products that are imported into the country and their counterparts here in the states, right? It, that would have been a, a um, an obvious and clear um, tee up for a domestic carbon tax. This thing's a little a little more confusing, but the reality of it is is, and kids, if you can only remember one thing here today, remember, it's buyers who pay for stuff, not sellers. So the folks who are exporting into the United States, they're not going to pay for this, right? The buyers in the United States are going to pay for this. Um, so whatever um, price gets set with this carbon import tax 
is going to uh, rip through the economy, right? Everyone else is just going to reset their prices. So it's a, it's it, it leads you almost immediately to a de facto domestic carbon tax. Right, and you know one thing I think a lot of folks don't. I mean, I don't think that the people who support this bill recognize is that it not only will increase the prices of the ta- of the things that the yeah. tax are being applied to. But domestic prices will adjust accordingly they'll, they'll just to go up to that's that right. point. That's right. That, that you said that much better than I just did. Yeah, they'll just reset the prices. So, so essentially, it's a I don't say a backdoor because it's pretty obvious. It's a it's a carbon tax, right? It's a it's a carbon tax that's stuck first on ex on imports and then fairly quickly by every you know everybody else. You'll you'll pay it. It'll be a shadow price, but you'll pay it nonetheless. Now they argue. Um, the bill supporters that it's not a carbon tax at all, that they don't support a domestic carbon tax. But it seems to me unlikely, if not completely impossible, to have a carbon tariff that ultimately is not followed up by a domestic carbon tax. Yeah, you can't have it. It's it's certainly not WTO compliant, right? The bill, all 92 pages of it, um, lays out 16 different categories of things, the usual gang of suspects, cement, plastics, glass, stuff like that, steel. Um, it, you, it, it can't possibly be WTO compliant unless you have a domestic price for carbon, and that's going to have to be an explicit price, not an implicit price, which means it's going to have to be a tax, right? Now, some people would say, who cares about the WTO? I might say, who cares about the WTO? I myself, I myself think, I, I, I myself am sure I don't care about the WTO. However, we are, in fact, a signatory to it. So um, they're going to ultimately um, levy us with fines and punishments and all that other kind of stuff. And the guys, you know, the guys who are in favor of this bill, they know all that stuff. They, they know this, right? I mean, e- e- even for those of us who don't care, look, I'm, I'm not anti-WTO, actually. I think that it's that, that having a set of of rules that govern international trade is a reasonable thing to do. Let me just stop you right there and point out that any organization that involves the slaving, genocidal Chinese like they're normal people is a bad organization. Go ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, let's go into that because this whole bill is is allegedly an anti-Chinese bill. What? And one of the odd things to me about it is there are so many things to go after China on. Why don't we tariff slave labor, for example? Why don't we put, you know, like there are lots of things to go after China. To lay the foundation for a domestic carbon tax in an effort to go after China doesn't feel intellectually cohesive to me. Okay. See, the great thing about think tanks is everybody says stuff like intellectual cohesive when they really mean it seems like we're lying, we're getting lied to. And that's right. We're getting lied to. So... The um, the 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 interesting thing was is that there was a survey. The base, not the basis, but one of the pitch points of this of this proposal is a survey um, that came out of Louisiana. Uh, I can't remember the guys who did it. JCP, somebody. Anyway, some survey group. They did a good job on it. Right, it was only fifteen questions, but the thing was pitched as a as a um, fair trade um, mm-hmm. mechanism. Right. Hey, basically. Shouldn't the Chinese and the Russians pay more because they pollute more, et cetera, et cetera? It, it had no commentary at all about who was going to pay what mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So th- th- this idea of, of this idea of it of it being focused on China isn't just a matter of a press release, right? The whole thing's kind of getting built around it. Sorry. Well, no, no that's a that's an important point because it goes back to what this bill represents. It's not just a carbon tariff, I'm making air quotes. 
First of all, you, it, look, you look like a penguin when you do that, by the way. <laughs> thank you. That's that's my thing for the day. Um, because they are characterizing the bill as a pollution fee. Yeah. And the only alleged pollution that it is putting a price on is carbon. Yeah. The Even if the bill worked exactly as they wanted, the only thing that they would be doing is reducing carbon dioxide emissions in China. Which isn't even a pollution. It, it's not even a pollution. When this is one of the most uh, it, 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 maddening it. things. Just let me go, Mike, because I'm on my soapbox yeah, now, yeah. about this whole CO2 movement. Is that there are actual pollution problems around the world? Like there's actual dirty water and dirty air, and they want to focus all this effort on CO2. And whether or not these guys who support this bill, whether or not. They are just using this bill as a proxy for good old-fashioned protectionism. The reality is the impact it will have on long-term policy is to further uh, solidify this idea that carbon dioxide is pollution and that pollution policy will largely be derived from that idea, whether it's in this country or China or wherever. And that should be something none of us should accept. It's a it's a it's a non-intellectually cohesive misallocation of resources. See, there you are. That's the good now now that you're part of heritage, you can uh, you understand how how to talk like yeah. that. Yeah. Well see I don't go to college like you guys, so I just you know I I, I I'm a, little, I'm a little slower than the rest of y'all. <laughs> I, I would say this, right? We've been asking this question in surveys for about 15 years now. And every when I show the responses to people, everybody's always surprised. But I don't know why. You know, I've been asking this question. A customer asked me to include it in a survey. I'm like, okay, I don't think we're going to get any good answers here, but okay. And the question is just this. You know, is carbon dioxide mostly plant food or you know, that humans exhale, uh, you know, could both consume and exhale, or is it a pollutant that we need to control, right? And now this whole architecture would suggest to you that the answer has to be number two, right? It's a pollutant that we have to control, right? It's a, it's a threat to the, to the, to the well-being of the planet and, and her inhabitants. That answer has been about 55, 35 for 15 years, right? About 55% of the people say, hey, man, carbon dioxide is a plant food. Humans consume it and exhale it. It's not a big deal, right? 35% say, yeah, it's a problem, right? Um, those are consistent answers, right? Mm -hmm. And until um, I'm not going to worry about things. I'm not going to worry about the um, – I'm not going to worry about who's confusing who on this issue until that number changes, right? I, the American people see clearly what's going on. I bet you if I did this, I bet you if I did the survey in Europe, they would see clearly what's going on. Yeah. So, and I'm sure the Chinese like look at it like, who cares, dude? Just buy our stuff. First of all, the Chinese can't see clearly uh, what's going on because of all of the actual pollution that's in the air there. Yeah, they have legitimate regional haze problem. <laughs> right. right. If 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 the slave labor doesn't get them in China, the pollution will. I, I you know. I myself, I consider myself a China hawk. Of all the things to go after the Chinese on, to um, to select a carbon tariff is pr right. probably among the more ridiculous and trivial. I mean, it it, it feels to me like it's an effort to be um, to to be cute in order to get what you're trying to get, the which is phrase you are groping for is too clever by half. Yes, that that's exactly what it is, and without any recognition of what the long term implications of what you're doing actually are yeah and you know that's what what bothers me about it all is it's you know it's it's um look i'm okay losing issues and i'm okay you know getting bounced around um, occasionally what, what bothers me with stuff like this is it 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 
essentially asks you to pretend that you're an idiot, that you don't see it's a framework for a domestic carbon tax, that it's like, you know, we're on a train, you know, this is this is, you know, stop number one, and somewhere around stop number six, there's a domestic carbon tax on everybody. The other thing that bothers me about it is, and I may ask this question in a survey. In fact, I'm highly likely to ask this question in a survey. Hey, you can ask it to me. I could be your first survey person. I'll ask this question to you. Uh, it's a simple question, right? I, I'm worked. a simple man. Let's assume, true. Let's assume, <laughs> let's assume I've already asked you the question about, you know, um, that I've already done the tee up on what this thing is, right? It's a, it's a tax that's imposed on imports on the basis of their carbon content. The simplest answer. That's what it is, right? Um, you know, I, I, I think, I think the right sequence in the survey is, you know, generally speaking, would you be in favor or opposed to this tax? And then the second question is, and this is the important question, right? Who do you think will pay for this tax? And there's only two choices, right? Consumers or businesses. That's it mm -hmm. in America. There's my question. Who, who do you think is going to pay for that? Well. I know consumers will pay for of that. Of course. And you know the great thing about America is I'm going to – when I ask that question, if I ever get to ask that question, about 80% of the people are going to be like, well, what you just said, exactly how you just <laughs> said it. They're like, well, what, what do you mean? Consumers pay for stuff. We all pay for everything. The, the, pro the problem, though, is, is it's too often the case that folks think or feel that they don't pay for tariffs, and they don't see a tariffs as taxes. That's why I refuse to call it a tariff, because it's a tax. Right. It, it absolutely it's is a tax. tax. You know, and Grover... And Gro tariffs are taxes. I was going <laughs> to... I knew you were going to say that, you know, because Grover and his crowd, and, and I love ATR, I love all the economic guys on the right, although I have reservations about how they think sometimes. They're all like, a tariff is a tax, a tax is a tariff. Here's the overhang with this issue. This is an important thing to know, Right. When you ask people about free trade and you ask them about tariffs, there's a reason why Trump talks about tariffs, right? Mm -hmm. They're popular. Oh, yeah. People are not wild about free trade. They've laid, you know, the last 30 years of experience in America with free trade has been hollowing out of our manufacturing base, and people are worried about it. And so you say, hey, do you think we should, like, put a leash on the Chinese with respect to trade? Everybody's like, yep. And that's why these guys are selling this this way. Like, this is a right. leash on the Chinese with respect to free trade. It's not like you're going to pay more. I agree with all of that. And I'm getting way out over my heritage skis on this. So I'm going to be careful how I tread. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 look, I think... The, the, it, the problem with this free trade debate, though, is people characterize what hap has happened in the United States really since NAFTA, even a little bit before, as free trade. And there's... Much of what has happened is not free trade. Much of it is very much managed trade. Yeah. And you apply on top of that, that. the strong um, regulatory burden that has grown on American businesses. There are a whole lot of reasons that American uh, that, that 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 some parts of the economy have scuffled. Right. No, I agree. When with that. subjected to what is that. alleged to be free trade. So that's all I'm saying. And and just one more thing. While I'm while I'm either digging my hole or saving while, myself. While I'm on my soapbox. Right. The there may well be many times where tariffs are appropriate. I'm I'm for the purpose of this conversation, I'm non-judgmental about the appropriateness sure. of tariffs. Sure. But they are a tax. Yes. And that, th th let's just call it what it is. Yes. It will cause prices to increase for that thing. Yes. 
But from a public policy standpoint, it's a necessary evil in order to achieve this national goal. Yes. We should just characterize it as and, that and, rather and, than pretend otherwise. That's right. And 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 my my um my concern is one of messenger, not message. Um, you know, you people who are unreflecting free traders, um have almost no credibility out there in consumer world, right? Right. So when they so when they come along and say a tariff is a tax, everyone's like, I'm in favor of tariffs. You know, drop dead. The right answer is, you know, when somebody like Trump, for instance, if Trump got up and said, Hey, man, a tariffs a tax, and yeah, I intend to drop taxes on these guys. Um, you know, all of a sudden that that would people are like, Okay, yeah, I see that. You, you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It, it's it's it's. Um, so I'm I'm a little. I guess to 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 close the the circle, right? Um, for whatever reason, the proponents of this idea may have bumbled into something that is is gonna is gonna have some legs. And and I think it's important to identify with. I think it's important to let voters know right out of the gate. Hey, t- in this instance, tax tariff, same right. same thing, right? And. And if you want, and you're paying it, and you're you paying, are paying it, it. Not, and it, not the consumer. And the other thing is, I guarantee you, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, you name your number. Within three or four weeks, we're going to have people, proponents of the legislation, who are going to say, "You know what? The Chinese are going to pay for it." I'm like, that's nonsense. Right. When, when you go to Seven Eleven, um, you get a Slurpee. You pay for the Slurpee. Right. Seven Eleven does not pay for the Slurpee. Right. Buyers. Pay for stuff. Sellers get the money. That's right. the way the world is. It's right. it, it it doesn't make that make a hill of beans difference whether it's Chinese steel or Slurpees. Right. You know, buyers pay, sellers sell. That's, right. That's how it works. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. The that that's absolutely right. And so with this, one of the many reasons that it's frustrating is that there are at least one million reasons to go after China. Yeah. No one in this building, much less in this room, is going to argue against any of those things. Yeah, I agree. To use a to use carbon as the as the uh, as the lever to pull, yeah. and then further to characterize carbon as pollution is so tone deaf. Not not just tone deaf, but it will give you nothing. Yeah. It will, even even if carbon dioxide were a big problem. Yeah, this gets you Even nothing. Even it gets you nothing. It gets you nothing, yeah. And so um, I mean, it's it, odd. It, it, it's, very, it's very weird. I was, talking to a, I was talking to a senator yesterday, and um, he said to me about this, about this legislation. And he, he said to me, he said, look, he said, if I wasn't sure, if I wasn't sure that it was, you know, designed to drive me to a domestic carbon tax, I, I'd probably be in favor of it. Mm-hmm. He said, but I'm absolutely sure that's where, that's where they're taking me, right? Yeah, and I don't want to go. Yeah, and I and I think that's the, I think that's the, um, there, th- that's the too clever by half, right? That that's where right. that's where everybody looks at it like, okay, come on, I see what you guys are doing. You know, this is you know, this is crazy. There are two other pieces of it, um, or two other implications of it that I think are worth mentioning that I haven't seen in a lot of the analysis out there. First is, um, it, it it ignores, I think the role of of sovereignty like it's saying we care we we care what china is doing from a pollution standpoint and we want to impose what we think is important on them now again there's a million reasons to go after china but if you're if if that's your reason that's they say that's the reason to it's a pollution fee then that also would hold true to any other country and including our own that like it creates the 
policy justification for everyone to go after everyone else yes. when it should be the exact opposite. Every country should take care of themselves the way they think, and then trade becomes an important moderator through competition to keep all those things down. Yeah, I, I get where you're going. I, I you know, I kind of, I mean, truthfully, I'm kind of entertained by the Chinese and what, how they're how they're dealing with this climate change stuff. I mean, you probably missed it about about two months ago. They in front of cop right in, in, before the cop thing, which is what, in, a, in a couple of weeks here now. Which is the annual big conference. climate change international conference where all of the global elites get together and decide how they're going to impose their will on us. Yeah, com conference. <laughs> Easy boy. Of the parties. Easy boy. Conference of the parties. This is the 28th year they've had it. started with uh, Kyoto. And uh, I just will point out that since, since they started meeting, um, uh, carbon dioxide concentrations in the atmosphere have uh, increased by 50%. Um, I, you know, so if you're if you're if you're looking to solve this particular problem, conference of the parties is not like making it happen for you. Just I, I don't I don't I don't care. I'm not mad about it. I'm not laughing about it. I'm just like Kyoto, Paris. If if, if you imagine these are going to solve your problems, you might want to rethink your whole or life. Now, I have to rethink my support of them because I love that we have doubled carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. That means that economies are growing and people are becoming more prosperous i think we should have more cops I, maybe i i you know i i think i think this thing is is a typical united nations deal right i mean you look the united nations uh, you know they prevented they prevented the war in uh you know they prevented the war in ukraine and they prevented the, the war in gaza so you know they're i mean they they prevented our they're killing war. it they prevented our war in iraq they prevented the war in afghanistan i mean u.n's making it happen anyway where i was going with that is the chinese about two months ago got up and said they had sort of a really soft, um, hey, we're going to meet net zero by 2060. Almost unnoticed by anybody, they got up and said, you know what? We're going to meet net zero, um, but we're going to take off the date on it. Right. So, so we're going to do it at some point in the future. Right. And I thought to myself, I, I have wondered for a number of years how this how this climate change frenzy breaks when the fever breaks and how it breaks right who 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 does what right and i believe the chinese have probably answered that question for me we're, we're not we're not ever going to say we're not going to do it everyone's just going to like take the dates off of everything they're not as good of communists than as i thought they were because a good communist would say We'll have it done in 10 years, well, and, and we will bring you the data to show you it's being done. It's being done, and we'll have the five-year <laughs> plan. No, I, 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 I think, you know, somebody somebody said this. Somebody described this, the Chinese as this, I think, 20 years ago. They're like the Sopranos with nuclear weapons. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll take that. But it was it was the greatest thing ever. This, this The um, foreign minister got up and just said, yeah, you know what? We're definitely going to hit net zero, but we previously thought 2060, but that's not going to be operative. So we'll let you know. It's still aspirational. <laughs> when we get there. <laughs> it's just like, uh, all right. And the great thing is the Americans, you know, the Team Biden, we're all like, oh, we welcome the Chinese reaffirmation of their commitment to net zero. I'm like, do you guys think we can't read? I mean, it's in the same article, God's sake. Uh, um, now, this bill was introduced a few weeks ago. Yeah, a couple, couple three weeks ago, yeah. And it had originally three, uh, the, the Cassidy introduced it and there were two co-sponsors. Yeah. But it now only has... One co-sponsor, right? Yeah. Because one of the senators who originally was on it dropped off right away. And I think that uh, 
Senator Wicker deserves kudos for that. Yep. And um, and yeah, so I think that's worth mentioning that he saw early on. You, I, yeah. There's, I two, don't know. There, there's two things worth mentioning. One is Senator Wicker. Um, I think he he said, "Look, he said I had a I had a, a staffer who who I don't think completely understood where I am on the issue, and and you know got got out over his skis, right? Yeah. He, he significantly more senatorial than I am. Senator Wicker is significantly more senatorial than I am. Um, well, he's a good guy, right? And and I think once he realized what had happened, he he took steps to correct the problem. Yeah, uh, which is welcome because when he first got on, I, I I along with a lot of other people are like." Okay, I, I get the other two senators. I'm not sure what Senator Wicker's on this thing for. And at the end of the day, Senator Wicker wasn't sure what he was on for either, right. so he departed. Um, the other thing that's interesting about the con the, the um, configuration of who's on this thing and is who's not on this thing. And Sheldon Whitehouse and um, a varying constellation of Democratic senators are always on every carbon tax. Mm -hmm. They consciously stayed off this one, I'm sure, because they didn't want to. Um, they didn't want it to to become obvious and apparent to everybody what it was. Mm -hmm. Which I'm like, again, it it's one of those things. You're like, do, do you think we we can't read? We right. don't we don't know how this thing works. So I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, you, you didn't ask me this, but I'll offer it. I'm looking forward to spending the next three or four months of my life um, trying to get Senator Whitehouse on on the record on this bill. <laughs> I'm going to have yeah. send reporters his way for the next three or four months until he has to say something. Yeah. yeah yes or no. I don't care which one. Just Where do you think he'll, answer. do you think he'll say he supports it? Of course. Yeah. He understands or, or what do it you, is. But do you think that he will say, he will, um, cow, not kowtow, he will, he'll say something like, it's a step in the right direction, yes. that kind of thing. Yes. He's, I'm encouraged. It's a step in the right direction, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. You know, I don't know. So what happens with this bill? Does it go anywhere? We have some. We have a yeah. number of budget things around the corner. I was going to say, you know, at the at the top of twenty twenty five, we're going to have three different spending stream problems come through. Right, we're going to have debt ceiling. Right, we're going to have the FY twenty five approaches almost certainly. Right, um, is going to bleed into the top of twenty twenty five. And we're going to have a bunch of expiring tax provisions, both from the Tax Cut and Jobs Act and from the IRA. Um, those, the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, yeah, for, yeah, Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, never sure which one of those words goes first. Um, they, they kind of did a soft score on those, scored it out at about $6 trillion. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you guys can pay attention to the deficit yourself, right? It was almost a trillion and a half dollars last year. We're probably on target for the same number this year. So the new president, whoever it is, or the or the reconfirmed president, is going to have a mess in his hands right at the top of twenty twenty five. They're going to be looking for re, um, they're going to be looking for income for revenue. Carbon and carbon tax is going to be on the table. Do you have any? Have you heard from anyone how much this would raise? No, nobody knows because um, it's it's we're still trying to figure out ninety two pages of legislation how it's actually going to work because the treasury would do it. And it would be subject to a um, assessment by a panel of experts about carbon content. It, it gets a <laughs> gets a little convoluted in there, right? Um, you know how much it's going to cost. I'll tell you how much it's going to cost. Exactly what's needed in order to make the ten year budget window work. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, that, that's how that's how you get it. Let's to let's work. let's put it this way: domestic carbon tax. 
Uh, depending on obviously what you set it at, but if you set it at like twenty five bucks a ton, I think you wind up with a trillion dollars in the budget window. Yeah. And I think that's gonna be there's gonna be a bunch to answer your question. There's gonna be a bunch of people, Republicans and Democrats, especially in the Senate, who are gonna be thinking real hard about whether they wanna do that. I mean, I I, I will I'll be honest with you. Carbon tax, carbon dioxide taxes just pull terribly. People hate them. They hate them. They hate them. They hate them. Good. And everyone's been smart enough to stay away from it. If you notice, Team Biden has done a lot of silly and dopey things, but you know what they haven't done? You know what they haven't been caught doing? They haven't putting been, a price on it. They've been trying their level best not to get sucked into a carbon tax, right? So um, they understand. They're doing mm-hmm. the same research we're doing, right? They mm-hmm. get this it. intensely unpopular. 2025, I'm not sure. The other thing, and this is this is where this thing comes in, right? This is this is I know I know we don't like to talk about politics here and here here at Heritage HQ, but um, tough. Um, you know, for a carbon tax to be to, for a carbon tax to pass the United States Congress, it's going to have to have a Republican face on it, mm-hmm. and that's a huge problem. Yeah, right, because th- this thing is now a stalking horse, and it's got a Republican face on it. Yeah. And that, and that, you know, the, the, I'm aware of that. D's are aware of that. I think the R's would be aware of that, but I guess not all of them got the memo. We've had Republican faces on big carbon bills before, and we were able to kill them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you asked me, was I worried about it? I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm, you asked me what was going to happen with the, the, with the bill. I'm like, it's pretty murky. I wasn't saying that in order to say, ah, you're wrong, McKenna. We had this before we took care of it. I'm just saying. Yeah, but it, you know, the the uh, McCain Warner, yeah, but we've uh, had people before. Um, it 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 push these things. That's right. At the end of the day, we've been we've been lucky enough to kind of clear the wreckage, the clutter of the message, right? And we're in the same situation here, right? Yeah. This this thing pre- presents a sort of a clutter around a, around what should be a f- pretty fundamental message. Are you in favor of making energy? And everything else more expensive in this country, you're not. Right. Um, and so I'm just not sure how it's going to turn out. You know, one of the things that I think folks need to recognize as this issue continues to ripen, and it will up through 2025 for the yeah. reasons you pointed out, mm. is that it will be presented as two things that it's absolutely not. One is a tariff on pollution. CO2 is not we got to quit calling it pollution and recognize pollution for what it is, which is stuff that you breathe in that kills you or makes you sick. Um, and two is that whatever they price it at, it will pr- be presented as that's the cost forever. Yeah. And it won't be. Yeah, I was going to say. This will ratchet up. It will be the greatest pay for for every big government program we've ever seen hmm. because that's what makes carbon dioxide such a, a, a great um, a great medium on which to build public policy because you can call it anything, you can put any price on it because no, it's invisible and, and odorless and they built this entire um, propaganda machine around the idea that we need to, to, to cut it out and if you don't, you're going to die. Yeah, let me, let me throw one other, let me throw one other thought, all true, all totally true. Let me throw one other thing at you. Um, you know, we're in the next 20 years, what is it, 2023? 
It is, in fact, 2023. Uh, yeah, I, I asked four times yesterday. You have two months left. I asked four times yesterday whether it was Tuesday. Um, so 2023, for the next 20 years, we're going to have a we're going to have a brawl here about what we're going to do about cars in this country. These carbon dioxide taxes, however they come over the transom, are are going to be um, part of that. Yeah, um, because and the way it w- the one way it could unfold. You use something like this to establish the idea that we need to reduce carbon dioxide. Yeah. It becomes so complicated to administer in turn, uh, domestically because of all of the different mechanisms we use to regulate carbon dioxide. It gets consolidated into one thing, which becomes the domestic carbon tax that goes along with the foreign carbon tax. Yeah. Then in order to uh, allegedly drive those costs down, they push more e- they they fold EVs into that calculation. That's right. That's how this that's, that's right. how this goes. That's right. It's going to be used to sell EVs. Yeah. It it, it not sell EVs to force you into EVs. Compel. Selling EVs would be like, "Hey Mike, I got this really cool EV and it's affordable. All you have to do is make a choice of your own free will to purchase it." Yeah, compel. <laughs> compel the compel the absolute purchase of EVs. <laughs> the thing I don't get about this, uh, you know, I've been I've only been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. If I was going to do this, I would have somebody off, 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 um, off in the distance do it. <laughs> I'm glad you said off in the distance. I was afraid you were going to put a name after that word. <laughs> no, no, I, I would, I would, I would have somebody. I would have somebody who has nothing to do, who's had nothing to do with the carbon dioxide fights, who's had nothing to do with climate fights. Some boring economist. You know, and some team of boring economists from outside who have nothing to do with it, and I would have them, I would have had them introduce it, right? Mm -hmm. Or Bob Lighthizer. Mm -hmm. Because I could imagine Bob Lighthizer being in favor of this, right? You know, Mm -hmm. the former trade rep in the the Trump administration. I can imagine Bob being in favor of this Mm because he's, his sole focus is like putting it to the Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. I would have somebody who has nothing to do with with environmental or energy issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure why they pick guys who are kind of, you know, always stirring it up on energy and environmental stuff because it makes us, it makes it makes everybody else like the center I talked to yesterday. It makes everybody else like, okay, I I, I know what's coming here, right? I know what this is. I know what frame this this. I know what I know what house is being framed here. I don't want any part of it. Well, I think that I th- I'll push back on you a little bit. I think they went down this road because they knew exactly these are the pe- only people who would do it. I don't think Lighthizer would support this, not because he doesn't want to stick it to the Chinese. He absolutely does. But this doesn't stick it to the Chinese. Yeah, true. This gets you nothing with the although, Chinese. Although, in all fairness, in all fairness, in congressional testimony, like eight, ten months ago, Lighthizer played footsie with a carbon tax. Although I don't know why. I'm not exactly. I don't. I don't remember the sequence of the question. Or a so, carbon tax so, has been played footsies with by a number of folks who true are uh, who should know better. Yes, including people who I have. The utmost amount of, uh, of respect for as economists Uh-oh. and economic which, opinion Which people. one of your superiors around here is in favor of a carbon tax? Name names. None of my superiors around here are in favor of a carbon tax. I will never in the, um, at no point in my future will I ever be able to say, I guarantee you that my superiors are in favor of a carbon tax because that equation will never uh, exist. I, I promise you. I, that. I will. I will shoot them, or they will 
Shoot me. No, no one's getting shot. I just won't work for an organization that's work hard attacks. It'll be pistols at dawn. <laughs> and nor will an organization want me to work for them if they support a carbon tax. Now, now I just gave them the blueprint to get rid of me. I was going to say, I, <laughs> I, I, Diana, Kevin, you need to be, you need to be ready here. <laughs> no, I, get, I, get your seconds in order. <laughs> I, uh, look, I understand that. Any organization I work for is that organization. It's not the Jack Spencer organization. So I respect where I, where organizations come down. My point simply is that I'm happy to say no one, none of my superiors currently support a carbon tax, and I hope that none do in the future. None will. No. We, we won't. I work, Heritage will not support a carbon tax. I work tax. for the American people, so. But there are people who work at the Heritage Foundation, person. There is person who works at the Heritage Foundation who did support a carbon tax, but doesn't any longer. But this person um, is an economist. still flirts with it. An I'm not saying anything. Well, I'm just saying economists are always this. We see. I don't really. I don't really take per, take it personally with economists because the thing you got to know about economists is they're they're always thinking out loud. They're always like, well, yeah, you know, maybe that has some good things and blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, that's what's good. That, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of absent-minded professors roaming around. Without getting into any more of the details of who may or may not support it here, that that's the way some conservatives sure. look at the carbon tax. They look sure. at, you're doing all this other stuff. The most efficient way to reduce something is with a tax. Let's just have a clean carbon tax. Yeah. Without recognizing that. Simply by doing that, you create a foundation on which a massive mansion well, of carbon costs are going to be built. Well, I mean, look, you know, e economists are always the same. Economists are a little bit like lawyers, right? Economists always, hey, assume a perfect system. Like, well, that. <laughs> okay, first of all. We're, we're past that, dude. Adam and Eve crushed that for us. Let's move along. Some economists are like that. But never in my presence compare economists to lawyers. Economists generally are awesome. No. There are enough economists who are awesome that they're worth having around. Lawyers, just as a general proposition, are horrible. All right. <laughs> now we're getting ugly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, I love lawyers. Now we're lawyers are ugly. awesome. Now I love lawyers. Now we're getting ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I will say this. This legislation, it's a make-work package for lawyers. It really it is. Really, 92 pages, and, man. And not economists, by the way. No, no, no. No, in fact, in fact, like, <laughs> they will the, keep the economists far away that, from that's this right. thing. The, the striking thing was that this this panel of experts that's supposed to do this carbon is it like doesn't I don't think it includes economists. <laughs> right. It's got a bunch of we got this guy, we got that guy, we got some government dudes, we got some CEOs, we got with mm. this guy. You know, I don't I don't think there's an economist right. reference in there. Yeah. So I think Mike that we probably have irritated enough people for one hour. Yeah, no doubt. Probably probably irritate enough people for three hours, but go ahead. <laughs> this might be our last podcast. I hope. Our last podcast, but I don't think so. I think that we were fair to everyone. We gave a honest analysis of what we thought the implications of this were, and that's what yeah, we are supposed I, to do. I think the I think the honest answer is this is a brand new thing. I did not expect this. I expected the other weak sauce bill. To skip to this is to turn the volume up on this thing to an eight, right? I mean, they want to go to war and. Yeah. I think yeah, they had to expect people who have spent literally careers fighting this to respond. I think it was a good strategy, right? They're like, hey, we're going to take the hit on carbon tax anyway. Mm -hmm. Let's just have a carbon tax. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I got to be honest with you. I'm like, it's bold. It's bold. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. I, I was bringing us to an end. Okay. I was uh, was going to an end, now going to thank you for participating. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. 
Then I'm going to thank everyone who took some time out of their day to listen to the Power Hour. Weren't there cupcakes last time? Oh, they're outside. They bring them in because we don't want you to have the cupcakes. While you're here, you're, but, try, you're trying to get me well, focused? Good yeah, for you. No, it's like payment. Like once the job's done, we will pay you with pup. Ladies with and cupcakes. gentlemen, that's why I'm a visiting fellow at Heritage because they the free cupcakes. <laughs> they pay you in cupcakes. <laughs> then after that, I want to encourage people to tell their friends, family, and colleagues about the Power Hour. Check us out. Email me at thepowerhour at heritage.org. And then finally, I was going to, and I'm going to ask you, is there anything that you like to point people to? Like, are you on the uh, the X thing or? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I can't, Mike McKenna 3, I think is my Twitter Mike handle, McKenna X handle. More importantly, it's All Souls Day. So if you've had loved ones die, get out there and pray for them. Um, you're welcome on that mm-hmm. one. Uh, and then, of course, um, Jack, you need to come on the Unregulated Podcast and, and mix it up with me and Tom. The, the studio isn't nearly as lavish as this bad boy. Maybe we can record it in here. I bet you could. I know we can because we did once before. Yeah. You know what? Come on our thing and then we'll actually like get some serious talk. All right. I would love to do that. Now, Sean, do you have any final words? I only simply request that we get video footage of you waddling like a duck <laughs> so that we can show it to the audience for their viewing pleasure. Do you However think... we would go about that, I need that. Do you think that it'll get our numbers up? Absolutely, you think yes. we could finally get that fancy Spotify contract I've been shooting for? I don't want to be too optimistic, but the way you waddle, maybe. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Remember to email us at thepowerhouratheritage.org. Thank you, Sean and Mike McKenna. Thank you for being a guest. But most importantly, thanks to all of you for listening today. We'll see you next time.